With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listen and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Very interesting comment apparently being made by, or that was made last night by uh, President Biden at a uh, fundraiser in Boston. This is just breaking news tonight. He apparently told this fundraiser that he likely, I guess he said this today sometime, that he would likely have retired after a single term in office if Donald Trump wasn't running in the 2024 election. That's what he told Democratic uh uh, donors who have acknowledged this today. If Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running, the 81-year-old president says. But we cannot let him win. So apparently, Joe thinks that he can win and beat Donald Trump if, in fact, Donald Trump is the candidate for the Republican Party. Uh, Biden already the oldest ever president and would be 86 if he completes a full second term in January. But that's kind of interesting. Biden telling Democratic donors, I'm not sure I'd be running in 2024 if Trump was out. Quote, we cannot let him win. How are you, everybody? And welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Great to be with you today on this gorgeous Tuesday afternoon. Beautiful on the outside. A lot of sunshine. Clear blue skies. We are on the road today. In fact, we're broadcasting from the West Jordan showroom and actually their factory of Bedrock Quartz. If you're looking for some just unbelievable countertops for your kitchen, your bathroom, your work area, they've done work in our home and have done a fantastic job. And we'll be telling you all about what they do here at Bedrock Quartz. If you're thinking about doing some remodeling, maybe even before the end of the year, certainly into 2024, if you're thinking about it, we'll tell you all about that. We've got a lot to get to today. Congressman Burgess Owens, who sits on the House Education Committee, uh, heard from the uh, presidents of three universities about anti-Semitism on their campuses. He heard from Harvard, from MIT, and from the University of Pennsylvania. We'll talk to him. Improving safety regulations in Salt Lake County Recreational Center bathrooms. We'll be talking with a, a member of the Salt Lake County Council who is proposing some changes. D. Theodore will be joining us coming up at the bottom of the hour later on in the show tonight. Mike Lee will join us. Brian Kilmaid, who I know many of you watch, he is the co-host on the Fox News Morning Show. He's got a brand new book out, getting rave reviews. He's been out about a month. We'll talk to him, and we have a Democrat running for governor. State Representative Brian King announced yesterday that he will run on the Democratic ticket for the uh, top spot here in the state, and he'll be joining us later on as well. So a lot to get to today, and as always, we invite you to be a part of the program, and we hope you enjoy it, and we hope you feel that uh, you want to participate in the uh, show this afternoon. All right, a couple of stories I want to start off with. Uh, The uh, parents, you may recall this story, the parents of a 9-year-old boy. Now, this was a boy who was accused by a deadspin writer. That's a a very liberal uh, sports website. The writer accused the boy of wearing blackface during a Kansas City Chiefs football game. 
Uh, now, the parents of that nine-year-old boy are now threatening to sue Deadspin and demand a retraction and apology. Man, do I hope they get it. Don't know if it'll ever happen, but I sure do hope they get it. Now, the writer of the article, his name is Karan J. Phillips, used a photo for his Deadspin piece showing only half of Holden Armenta's face, which was black. Problem is, the other half of Holden's face was red, one of the Chiefs' team colors. What's more, Holden's mother stated on her Facebook page that the Armenta family noted that they are part of a Native American tribe in California and used to live on the reservation. And a lot of people, you know, they paint their faces all kinds of colors, but on one side, and that's the only side that they showed in the picture on the Dead Spin article of his blackface. If they would have shown his whole face, you could see black on one side and red on the other. Now, according to a uh, story today in News Nation, the uh, parents, Holden's parents, have hired an attorney to threaten legal action against the writer Phillips, against Deadspin, Geo Media, and Great Hill Partners. Those are the companies that own Deadspin. News Nation added that the uh, attorney who's been hired helped Dominion Voting Systems win a big settlement against Fox News. So we'll have to see how this happens. But I'm I'm wishing this family all this. This poor little guy was singled out. It you know it led to a discussion about racism and how it still exists in America today, and the painting of faces and why paint faces shouldn't be painted at sporting events. That's exactly what this story did. And just imagine this little boy. I mean, you know, he's probably at first was enjoyed getting a little bit of the attention. Didn't quite understand what was going on. But I think as time went on and more and more attention was put upon him, you know, his parents realized this enough, and this is so unfair, and it is. So I love to hear that story, and I wish the uh, Armenta family all the best, and hopefully they'll be able to find some um, find some um, uh, retribution, so to speak, and uh, be able to uh, feel the uh, support of the courts. This This young man obviously was wronged, as was the family. Now, there's another story. This is a story breaking out of the Daily Signal today, and you, you wonder why parents are worried about what's going on in school and school trips today. It's the story of, a, of an 11-year-old girl in the Denver area. As a matter of fact, went to the Jefferson County School District. She was The story is that she was assigned to share a bed with a male student who identifies as a transgender girl. She's 11 years old. Uh, the girl's parents are now calling upon the public school system to provide answers and clarification of its policies related to children who identify as transgender. The Alliance Defending Freedom organization say Joe and Serena Wallace are calling on the Colorado-based Jefferson County School Board and Jefferson County Public Superintendent Tracy Dorland to clarify whether the district will continue this practice of intentionally withholding information about rooming accommodations from parents like the Whalers who object to their children rooming with a student of the opposite sex. Mom and Dad, you have an 11-year-old girl? How would you feel about something like that? My guess is not very happy about that. But uh, the uh, these parents are now demanding answers. Apparently, this happened back in on a field trip back to Washington. I believe this was in uh, June of last year. Uh, the girl who is identified in the letter is simply D.W., was assigned a room with three other students, according to the demand letter. Then two of these students were girls from her school. The third student was a boy 
who identified as a girl and who was allowed to sleep with the other girls in their school. And the parents knew absolutely nothing about it, very, very upset about it, and now they're demanding a whole lot more information, as they should. Well, as I mentioned, we are on the road today broadcasting live from Bedrock Courts. We'll talk all about that here in just a minute. Still to come, Congressman Burgess Owens will join us. Burgess, a member of the House Education Committee, heard from the presidents of three very prestigious universities in this country about anti-Semitism on college campuses. And a little bit later on, Talking about uh, little boys sleeping with little girls. We'll talk about an effort on a part of the Salt Lake County Council to clarify policies in Salt Lake County restrooms at recreation facilities. We'll give you all the background on that coming up as well. So a lot to get to today. As we like to say, you're always invited to be a part of the program. 888 or on your cell phone. All you do is have to dial pound 250 and simply say, hey, Rod. The Rod Arquette here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. On the road today, broadcasting live here in West Jordan from the uh, one of the showrooms of Bedrock Courts. This is where all the uh, countertops are made here with the beautiful granite or the quartz uh, that they have down here. Absolutely gorgeous work they do, and we're broadcasting live from here today. And you're thinking about uh, maybe doing some new countertops in your kitchen. As Jason said a moment ago, the uh, food tastes better if you have a new countertop. But you can do kitchens, you can do libraries, you can do offices, you can do recreational areas. They do it all here at Better Rock Course, and we'll find out more about that. Now, before we talk to uh, Burgess Owens, I want to mention again, we have a pair of tickets to give away uh, to the uh, Jason Aldean, his Highway Desperado Tour, which is coming up Saturday, September 7th of next year at the Osana Amphitheater. He's got some special guests with him. You can win. You can enter online to win some tickets as well. Uh, but coming up, here's what you have to do. Here's how we play the game. Coming out of one-hour commercial breaks, we're going to play one of the better-known big hits that uh, that Jason Aldean has had. And if you're the correct caller, and I think we usually take caller number five, after hearing that song, you will win a pair of tickets. So could be. A, I'm just thinking, what a great... Christmas stocking stuffer for somebody, you know, in your life who's a big Aldine fan, want to really treat them to something special, you could win these tickets. We'll do that sometime during the show today, so make sure you uh, you keep on listening. All right, um, the uh, presidents of uh, three universities, three very prestigious universities, I'm talking about Harvard, the University of Pennsylvania, and the Massachusetts Institutes of Technology, offered little more, I think, today than excuses for violent anti-Semitic demonstrations on their campuses. This, of course, in the wake of the Hamas slaughter of 1,200 people across southern Israel back on October 7th. They even claim such displays were part of a freewheeling culture of free speech. Right. Burgess Owens, a member of uh, Utah's congressional delegation, also a member of the House Education Committee. We had a chance to catch up with Burgess during a break in the hearings today and asked him what he has heard so far that he either liked or disliked. Well, you know, Ron, that's, first of all, it's a good way to start it off. Um, I think the hearing today was not so much uh, for... Uh, for the, the presidents of these uh, these universities to learn a lesson, because I don't think they are going to learn a lesson, is really for the American people to understand what's been happening on these campus, campuses for quite a while. Uh, you know, what's, what's going on, what happened October 7th, 
uh, was kind of a, an, an eye-opening experience for so many of us. We had no idea uh, really what was being taught on these campuses. Uh, we saw the, the uh, uh, Black Lives Matter deal a couple years ago. We saw the rise in you know, students coming out of these colleges uh, very, very uh, angry at our country. But we never, never knew how deep D.C. this was until we have October 7th. You see the pure evil. And yet we have children that we're raising that, that, that for some reason cannot empathize uh, with, uh, with what happened in Israel, we cannot connect the fact that we're seeing pure evil. So it, it, was, it was a good exercise for us just to, have, to, to ask the right questions. Is there accountability? Uh, beyond the, the flowery words, is there any action? And we're realizing that, that at this point, um, uh, we, it's going to have to be some leadership change. And I think it's going to be up to us, by the way, as, as Congress, to finally hold these colleges accountable for the product. Uh, we can no longer just continue to write blank checks uh, to institutions using taxpayer money and our kids come out not only with degrees that mean nothing, uh, uh, but also in debt up to their ears and cannot uh, love our country. We're now seeing where that nexus is and it's in our universities that they're being taught these things. So we're going to start looking at how can we give more of all of the above options for kids coming out of, of, uh, uh, coming out of high school, like things they might want to do. And if they're going to, they're going to ask for taxpayer dollars. They have to give us a product. If not, we'll find another way to either defund some of the things they're doing or put it in places where we're getting the right results. Burgess, I had a chance to listen to some of the hearing this morning, and I heard from these universities' presidents the term a lot, commitment. We're committed to doing this. We're committed to doing this. But when they were asked about, okay, what steps are you taking, they didn't have answers to those questions, Burgess. No, no, and that's, that's because in academia world, you can say flowery words, you can say things like commit and our vision, but it's, it's in the free market where you realize you have to be held accountable, and we have to bring this free market into our educational system. Uh, we, we don't need any more um, uh, high, high good-feeling deals about you know what our institution is supposed to mean when it comes down to the, the end result is what we're seeing in our colleges every single day. The fact that we have Jewish people, Jewish kids, because they're Jewish, being targeted. That should not be happening in our country in 2023. It's totally ridiculous. So um, the, the thing that I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to a degree is I remember uh, growing up in this environment of, of, of segregation and hatred based on uh, exterior. Uh, I'm determined, and as our country is and our party, never to go back to that. And the fact that we now can identify it, uh, it means that this has been going on for way too long within our college campuses. It's just now ringing up this ugly head, and we're going to do. We're going to start dealing with it moving forward. You know what I'm surprised at? I believe it was the um, uh, Harvard University president when she said, um, "You know, uh, calls for violence do not breach the university's code of conduct." I mean, for crying out loud, Burgess, you can walk around the Harvard University and call for violence and get away with it. I guess. I guess that's part of free speech, isn't it? Well, yeah, it, it's. Well, here's the deal, uh, and this is where we have to uh, start looking at first where the funding is coming from these colleges and, um, and, 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 and recognizing that we have student visas. People come here visiting. They're here on student visas. If they cannot respect American, uh, American people, if they are threatening American people, if they cannot uh, go to school and do what they're supposed to do without calling damage, they need to go back home. That is, that is a responsibility to come to this country to respect our laws, respect our culture. If you can't do that, do what you gotta do someplace else. Um, and that's, that's what these colleges are not willing to, to actually, uh, get down to. It's all about money. It's all about their power. And up to this point, for decades, they have not had to be accountable for the lack of, uh, of, 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 of free speech 
the lack of diversity in terms of ideology, they've been very, very comfortable getting all the money they have to get and being the dollars endowment by just being very, very strong on one side of the aisle, which is very, very, very hard leftists. Uh, enough of that. American people don't want to pay for it anymore. We're going to find a way to, again, hold these folks accountable. And Burgess, how did they justify the fact, I think it was, again, the Harvard University professor, when uh, one of the other members of that committee presented her with a list showing that Harvard ranks dead last when it comes to free speech, yet she she took issue with that. I mean, what do you make of that? <laughs> with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, th- this is this is why I want to say that it's important that we bring the free market into this setting. Keep it on, Rod. These folks, academia, have no idea what it is. Uh, to have to be accountable to the income, the things that they're doing. They can literally talk their way through. In this case here, they're coming dead last, and she just simply says, I just don't agree with that. Well, that, that's fine. She doesn't have to agree with that. We now have, uh, and that's why we have to grow this majority in the, in the, on the House side. Uh, Republican parties put education as a top priority. China, the budget and education. We're going to start holding these institutions that is paid for by the tax dollar, uh, accountable for the product they give. And now if, if they can continue to say that they don't agree with it, but if we're seeing that it's not working out, we can start defunding things, use appropriations or, or other ways we can do to get more options out there for, for parents and kids to get the education they need and the, and the future they deserve to have in, in, in our great country, for sure. Uh, all right, Burgess, final question. You held the hearing today. Where do you go from here now? What do you, what do you think has to happen now? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> well, this, this is the beginning. Uh, the, the great thing about being a majority is we can hold hearings like this. We can bring people in front of us. This would not have happened if we were not a majority. The next part of this is that we do have things called appropriations. This, this is a powerful, powerful place to, to, to uh, control the, to, uh, their purse strings. I would say this. Our goal is to continue to bring this up to educate the American people, to on our side begin to look at legislation that we can innovatively begin to hold these people accountable. And the most important thing for the American people out there, please give us more of majority. We have to have the majority, stronger majority, to truly make these, these things happen. We get the Senate to go along with us, and before you know it, we, we can literally turn what's been happening to us for decades around within 18 to 24, 24 months, because we'll put in together, we'll codify things that will have to happen moving forward if they want to continue to get, out, get, get, get funding from American people. On our ending hour newsmaker line, that is uh, Utah Congressman Burgess Owens. He sits on the House Education Committee talking about how university presidents today defended their open discourse when confronted, of course, about the anti-Semitism surge on uh, many of our college campuses around the country. We are broadcasting live from the West Jordan showroom of Bedrock Quartz. We'll continue with that live broadcast right here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS.
the interstate, a dirt road to any place. On Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. The Rod Arquette Show. We are broadcasting live today from the West Jordan showroom and really the factory for Bedrock Quartz out here in West Jordan today. It's always great to be here. We'll uh, let you learn more about what they do here in just a minute. A couple of reminders coming up uh, sometime during the show today. A chance for you to win two tickets to the Jason Aldean concert. Now, it's not until September 7th. Up next year, out at USANA, is the uh, Highway Desperado Tour. But if you've got a member of your family who is a big Jason Aldean fan, what a great stocking stuffer. Two tickets to that concert would be, and we'll give you a chance to win those coming up a little bit later on. And in the 5 o'clock hour, interesting uh, article out today about what has parents here in the U.S. so stressed out about. Are they stressed out about inflation, about mental health, about jobs, about education, about their children? We'll get your thoughts on that coming up in the uh, next hour here on the Rod Arquette Show. Now, many states around the country uh, don't have laws which address whether men who identify as women, and vice versa, of course, can or cannot use women's restrooms and changing rooms. Well, we had an incident oh, several months ago here in uh, Salt Lake County, which got a lot of attention, and now a member of the Salt Lake County Council is trying to address that. Joining us on our Any Hour Newsmaker line is D. Theodore. D. how are you? Welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. Thanks for joining us, D. Hi, Rod. Thank you. D. exactly what are you trying to do? I know you've uh, introduced some new policy to the uh, council today. What exactly does it do? So this policy is something I've been working on with our council attorney as well as the district attorney's office for months. Um, it's something that's legally, I wanted to make sure I'm on good legal standing and that this is crafted in a way that it does not um, discriminate. And the way that we crafted it, it doesn't. We are offering a reasonable accommodation for biological men um, to use instead of going into the women's changing room. And that's what this policy establishes. And, and, and so, and D, D, what is that reasonable accommodation? Is it a different room for them to use? What's the reasonable it's accommodation? It's a different room. It's like a single-use room or a family room. Um, it's another room that you would, you would, might go to if you had your family with you, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there are reasonable accommodations that are, we do have at our rec centers that could be used. And does would this apply only to the rec centers, or are you considering broadening it out a little bit more, D? Right now it's rec centers, yes. Okay, okay. Yes. D, and, uh, and go ahead. I might add, we just um, passed unanimously by the council uh, the mayor's budget proposal included free rec center passes for our use in Salt Lake County. And this passed unanimously. So we have youth coming into our rec centers now. Well, they, not yet. This will be in the summer. Mm-hmm. Jump the gun on that, maybe a little. But anyway, this summer, we will have youth coming into our rec centers more for free. And I want to ensure their safety when they use our rec centers, especially a changing room. So this is what this policy is designed to do. Dee, you said it's on a pretty solid legal uh, footing. Talk about that a little bit more. How solid <laughs> is it, do you think, Dee? I have 
ran this past the council attorney, the district attorney's office, multiple times, multiple languages to make sure that it's legal. It, it is. It's legal. Now, can you always be sued? Of course. We can be sued for anything. So that's that's the question. I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that right now because we don't have policy. So uh, without a policy, you can be sued as well. So that's that's the thing. And, and Dee, where does this uh, policy stand? Has the council approved it? Is this a first read, as they like to say? Where does it stand? So I, I would take it more as a discussion today. The issue is still on the table. How do we protect women and children in our rec center changing rooms? That is still the issue at hand. And my colleagues have had questions of how we enforce that. How do we get our rec center employees to enforce that? Mm-hmm. How do we formulate this in the best way and so we are discussing that we are welcoming comments welcoming comments from the public and conversing with multiple agencies or whoever is interested to come up with solutions to get this right so yeah um and i have received lots of emails today and we had i would say probably 25 roughly people in person comments today on this issue and both sides, you know, so it's, it's, it's a controversial issue, obviously. Yeah, that's for sure. Dee, since this came up this summer and you just mentioned you had some reaction to it today, but since this first incident happened this past summer, what kind of reaction or support have you received for this? Yeah, it's been, I mean, seriously, we've been working on it all summer. It's kind of been paused for a little bit and then, but I've had a lot of pressure, um, different, you know, agencies coming to me wanting me to push this. And so I'm, I'm trying to do that. And so I brought it today and it really resonated with me when we did pass the rec center passes. I was like, wow, we've got to do something here. We really need to uh, ramp up our policies um, and our ordinances in the rec centers. So that's where I'm aiming. That's, we, we definitely need to do something different when we're opening up taxpayer-funded county rec centers um, to children for free. All right, Dee, appreciate your time as always. Keep us in the loop on this and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you, Dee. Thank you. All right, on our uh, newsmaker line, that's Dee Theodore, a member of the Salt Lake County Council. All right, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. <laughs> Catch you on the road today, broadcasting live from the uh, mothership, as I just heard Jason call it, of Bedrock Court. We're here in West Jordan at their showroom here. If you want to see what they can do for your home or your business with beautiful countertops, check it out at bedrockcourt.com. And a reminder, sometime during the show tonight, another chance for you to win some tickets to uh, Jason Aldean. He'll be in concert out at USANA in uh, September of next year. We'll give you a chance to win those tickets coming up before we wrap up the show tonight. Uh, what a day it has been on Capitol Hill. We had Burgess Owens on a short time ago. Burgess, member of the House Education Committee, today talking about um, you know hearing from the presidents of three very prestigious universities about anti 
anti-Semitism on campuses around the country. There was a hearing involving the FBI. The director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, was testifying, and him and Josh Hawley got into quite an exchange about the FBI. I think it was the Richmond, Virginia office issuing a uh, policy statement on Catholics, members of the Catholic faith, calling them terrorists, I believe. And then we had a hearing, another committee hearing, on the... um, the idea of trans men and trans women uh, participating in sports. I want to let you hear from one of the advocates of allowing this to happen. She is a Democrat, but listen to how she explained why allowing a man who thinks he's a girl participating in girl sports and why a girl who thinks she's a man should participate in male sports. Listen to how she explained why is it, why it is necessary. The reality is that, like their peers, trans girls and women... They sometimes lose at sports, and sometimes they win. And success in school sports depends on a whole range of factors, including how hard you work and coaching and access to really good resources and facilities. And trans students participate in sports for the same reason as their kids, because it is fun, because it creates belonging and community, because it teaches so much about persistence and leadership and and discipline, unless they learn to lose gracefully. See, they, they, if they participate in sports, they learn so many things, even about learning to lose gracefully. I wonder if she'd say that to the girls who are participating in a sport and have worked their tails off trying to win and lose to a male who thinks he is a girl. I mean, what about that loss and learning to lose? Apparently, that's part of what the uh, Democrats say you have to do nowadays. All right, when we come back, 5 o'clock hour of the Rod Arquette Show. As a parent, what stresses you more than anything else right now? Inflation, mental health, jobs? We'll talk about it coming up. Stay with us. Second hour of the Ron Arquette here on uh, Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS with you tonight right up until 7 o'clock. We are on the road tonight again having the opportunity to broadcast live from the mothership of uh, Bedrock Courts. This is where they make all those beautiful countertops. They also do cabinetry work and tile as well here at Bedrock Courts. But of course they're best known for their beautiful countertops via granite. Uh, quartz, you name it, they can provide it for you here. They get the uh, stone from all over the world, and they have just beautiful stone for you to uh, take a look at. And we'll tell you more about that coming up throughout the show this evening. Also, sometime this evening, a chance for you to win a couple of tickets to see Jason Aldean in concert coming up in September of next year, September of 2024 at USANA Amphitheater. We'll give you a chance to win those tickets coming up sometime today. All right. Um, you know, we're heading into the holiday season. This is a stressful time for a lot of people. A lot of things going on out there. A difficult time for some. There are some people who do not have family, who suffer from loneliness. feel very, very sorry for those people out there. If you know someone like that and you can invite them to go to an event or be a part of a family celebration just to stop by and say hi, I think that is very, that's a great thing to do during the holiday season. But families in this country right now are facing stress. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and the American Enterprise Institute today released its annual survey. They call it the American Family Survey. 
And what this survey did was take a look at the the stress, where the stress is coming from. Parents, why are you so stressed out nowadays? What are you facing? The, uh, the adults believe, according to the survey, and the story today that Lois Collins wrote in the uh, Deseret News today, American adults believe the cost associated with raising a family is the biggest challenge facing American families overall with concerns about technology, including social media and video games, tied with high work demands and parental stress for second place. So the, the, the cost of raising a family nowadays is a huge concern for American families. And I want to find out from you tonight what, what stress you're really feeling tonight in trying to raise your family. Could be your children, grandma and grandpa. You could see what your, ch- your own children are going through in trying to raise their family. But what is stressing you out? Um, and, you know, you can mention the holidays, but, you know, the holidays don't last all year, fortunately. You know, yes, we have shopping to do. Yes, we want to make Christmas wonderful for our children as best as we possibly can. Um, yes, we want to be able to help them, take them to some simple events if you can afford it to uh, simply uh, enjoy the holiday season. There's a great event coming up this Monday night at the uh, Delta Center, and we'll be talking more about that later on this week. That is the annual Christmas sing-along that has been going on for nearly four decades, if you can believe that. That's coming up on uh, Monday night, the 11th at the Delta Center. That is a free event. All you do is have to show up and get a seat. Uh, get a seat. You can sing if you want. They do provide the uh, the lyrics, so you don't have to worry about not remembering all the lyrics to the various songs. But though that's one free thing that you can do, and there are other things out there. But the stress on the family, as we're looking at what has gone on in this country today, and simply the cost of trying to raise a family. I mean, simply now providing them for food. Uh, food is expensive. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to come down anytime soon. I mentioned yesterday on the show that beef prices have reached some of their highest levels ever just to buy, you know, some beef. My wife and I, uh, you know, she being raised uh, on a farm has always made sure that we have beef in our freezer. And, you know, we'll buy a side of beef or a quarter of beef and make sure we have enough in our freezer. And sometimes we'll buy a whole cow and spread it out amongst our children. And I know a lot of you people do that out there. But just think of the cost of beef. Think of the cost of eggs, the cost of milk. These are basic kitchen table needs that we have and we need today. But the price goes up and up. Now, couple that with what parents are trying to do in getting their children, you know, to school. The cost of going to school, the cost of um, of clothing your children. You know, you you know, uh, I believe outside activities are very important for children. It teaches them all kinds of things, especially how to succeed, and how to fail. But entering, enrolling in those programs are also very, very difficult. Then you have the cost of gas, the stresses of work. The job opportunities. I mean, there are a lot of stresses out there, and that's what this new survey from the American Enterprise Institute has shown, that, um, you know, family life is difficult right now. The public remains deeply worried, as the survey shows, about the, about inflation, especially if they have suffered recent crises or lack of income. So the cost of everything, it seems, is going up nowadays, and the stress it is putting on families is unbelievable. 
So I want to open up the phones to you tonight and talk about that. What stress are you dealing with and how are you trying to handle it? I mean, as I mentioned, the holiday season always brings stress. I mean, you got, you got to shop. You got to do this. What to get this? Where to go? What to do? You know, you have all that stress. But then on top of that, stress that you faced all year, you've looked at gas prices, which have come down finally. But for the most of the year, most of the year, many people have been paying, what, 3 $4 a gallon for gas. I mean, can you imagine living in California, no thanks, and paying $7 a gallon for gas? Think about the stress those families are going through, but the stress we have in this country. So I want to open up the phones to you tonight, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, as parents, what kind of stress are you feeling right now, and what is the stress? Job? Is it worrying about your kids' education? Uh, is it inflation? Is it mental health in your family? which a lot of families have challenges with nowadays. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, Hey, Rod, let's go right to the phones. Let's begin in Orem tonight with Charlie here on the Rod Arkent Show. Charlie, thanks for joining us tonight. What is stressing you out, Charlie? Hey, Rod, um, what's stressing me out is probably a little, it's something a little bit different than, than probably a lot of other people, but it's, it's the education of the public. I'm not sure that people can make the connections necessary to understand what is going on in the world and, and, and how we're getting ourselves into the positions that we're in and, you know, able to make intelligent decisions to get the, 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 the wrong people in office out of office. Interesting observation, Charlie. That's real interesting. I mean, you know, this was, um, I think it was brought up today during the uh, committee hearing involving the presidents of three prestigious universities. You know, these students who are protesting in support of Hamas in Palestine, do they really understand what has been going on for centuries in the Middle East? And if you don't have that understanding, you're going to side with Palestine or Hamas because this idea of free Palestine, if they don't understand the whole picture, that can really create problems as it has. Would you agree, Charlie? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm scared for my kids just because I think they're surrounded by people who don't know what the heck's going on. <laughs> yeah, good point, Charlie. All right, Charlie, appreciate your phone call. More of your calls coming up, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone. All you do is have to dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, as parents, what is stressing you out right now? Your call's coming up. Kent Show here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Don't forget that if you want to take us uh, wherever you go, you can do that by downloading the iHeartRadio app. You can see that on our website at KNRS.com. And also our podcast. We upload the uh, podcast every night right when the show is done. So if you want to catch one of the interviews that we had done, that we did during the show, had done, duh, uh, had uh, interviewed during the show today, you can pick that up as well at KNRS.com and the uh, Rod Arquette page. We're broadcasting live today from Bedrock Quartz here in West Jordan. This is their West Jordan showroom, and this is where all the uh, fantastic work is done here. But they have other locations as well, and we'll tell you more about that. So if you're, you know, you're thinking, well, I want to get through the holidays, and one of the things we want to do in 2024 is do some remodeling, maybe with some new countertops. 
come to Bedrock Quartz because they have they have just and they do unbelievable work here and just fantastic stones. So come and take a look at it. Now, if you're just joining us right now, we've got the lines open to you tonight, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, the American Enterprise Institute today released its ninth annual American Family Survey. Now, this was done by YouGov, and they take a look at some of the stresses that parents are facing today and some of the top stresses out there, inflation, mental health, and jobs. That's what appears to be stressing uh, American people, uh, you know, parents out today, and I want to get your reaction to that. If what What's the biggest stress you face in your family today? 888-570-8010 or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, now, we talked about some of the challenges that families are facing, but there, there, there's some good news in this report as well. Um, the report separates what people think about their own families from the family as an institution. All right, so separate that a little bit if you can. You've got your own family, and then what you think about the family as an institution. The news, as the survey points out, is good. When Americans ponder their own, more than three-fourths of adults express satisfaction with their families. That's great. I mean, that is great news compared to 11% who express dissatisfaction with their families. So, again, um, three-fourths, 75% of the adults in this survey, and they surveyed about 3,000 uh, parents, found that uh, 75% of you out there express satisfaction with your family which is really good news. Now, 11% who express dissatisfaction. They don't go into the reason. What about political lines? Everyone seems to talk about the political differences that we have in this country today. Uh, the top concerns uh, among their own families are mental or physical health and finding enough family time. Isn't that interesting? Finding enough family time. Physical and mental health are probably more of a problem for people than their data had previously shown. That is a quote from Jeremy Pope, who shares both both titles with uh, Christopher uh, Kaparowicz, both at BYU and political science professor. So that's kind of interesting. The other issue, and this is an issue that, uh, as I talk to families, I hear more and more about all the time, and that is dealing with mental health. Because it is now starting to cross all ages, even into younger children. Um, despite similarities in individual families, Political divisions loom large in the attitudes about families in general. When, when people, according to this survey, when people were asked the challenges facing teens, parents of teens believed mental health, including suicide ideology and technology and overuse, are the biggest issues today. And that is a real issue. I mean, I don't know what you do to separate your kids from their... Uh, Social media, um, some parents are trying to do the best they possibly can, but it is a huge impact on people. Um, for teens, teenagers, Democrats were more worried than Republicans about pressure to succeed, about mental health pressure, about difficult relationships with family members, and navigating sexual identity. That's the Democrats. Um, Republicans worried more than Democrats about teens' overuse of technology because I think a lot of conservatives see the the impact it is having on their children. Um, 
poor quality schools. It's a real issue in this country today for a lot of parents, more so than Democrats. Um, there wasn't much partisan difference on bullying, friendships, and peer relationships. Pressure to use drugs or alcohol use, safety in communities. Too few good work opportunities and the availability of pornography. These are all stressors that families are facing. Boy, you families out there who are succeeding uh, and have a cohesive family that love each other, and yes, you have your challenges, you face some real challenges today. I have three sons who are raising their families, and they face challenges just like everybody else does. What are your stressors? 888-5708010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk with Daryl in Payson tonight. Daryl, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Thanks, Rod. I'm doing pretty good. Good, and, good. Uh, I think I think this time of year there's a lot of stresses. And, of course, what you've mentioned before with inflation and, and uh, you know, making ends meet, you know, is, is a definite uh, stress. But there's something else that happens this time of year that uh, comes right in front of us, and that's your property taxes. Uh, your taxes are due now, and then after the... Uh, first of the year, then your state and uh, federal taxes are due. And it just seems like those that uh, control that money, they enjoy spending other people's money. And, uh, you know, some of that is, is hard for me to, to earn. And so I'd have to say what stresses me is is all that you've mentioned uh, in additional to, the, to, to paying my taxes. <laughs> Can I say amen to that, Daryl? Because I just paid my property taxes this year, and every time I turn around, they they just keep on going up and up and up. That's just another one of the stressors that are placed on American families today, aren't they, Daryl? Uh, yeah, and it, it seems like my uh, property tax is going up about $100 each year. I, I don't think I'm exaggerating, but it just seems like it is, $100 a year, and, it, and when they rent... And so they'll always have money, but when I run out of money, I've got to make ends do. Yeah, you do. You're, you're right. And it is a real stress for people nowadays. Thank you for your call, Daryl. It is a stress. I mean, and you couple that, and, and Greg and I on Wingman Wednesday may get into this um, tomorrow. Uh, the governor today proposed his, his budget for the state. Um, and they always make this a grandiose presentation. He did it yesterday on trying to solve the homeless problem. I don't think we can solve the homeless problem. I think what we need to do is focus on how to management as best as we possibly can. Today he unveiled the budget. It's the biggest budget, I believe, in the state history. He does include in there, from what I understand, the elimination of the sales tax on food. Um, and I don't know why we tax food. I, I agree with the governor on that issue. I know lawmakers have wrestled with this for a number of years, but maybe it will go through this time and just eliminate it completely if the state can afford it. But when you keep on seeing that these budgets are getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year, that puts stress because the people who are paying uh, you know, for all these services are people like you and me, people who are just trying to raise their families and trying to enjoy life in America today. So it is a big stressor. Taxes, as Daryl just pointed out, they always come due at the end of the year, and they're never, never pleasant to pay, especially when it comes to property taxes and then your income taxes. 
Two things I absolutely hate doing. All right, more coming up here on the Router Catch Show. The lines are open to you tonight, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, more of our live broadcast from Bedrock Quartz coming up. One man, one goal. Yeah, one vision. The Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. Phones are open to you tonight if you'd like to join us. We're talking about some of the stresses that are facing American families. You know, one one um, issue that keeps on coming up this year in this uh, latest survey it's called the uh, American Family Survey, released today by the American Enterprise Student um, Institute, is the mental health of families. Uh, young people in this country, as the, uh, the survey points out, have never struggled with mental health more than they do now. Um, a uh, professor at uh, Ball State University, his name is Richard uh, Petz, uh, sees a pervasive mental health problem as a growing number of people deal with challenges amid inadequate resources. He goes on to say that universities are backed up when it comes to providing mental health appointments for college students who often turn to professors and others who may not be qualified to help them. Uh, This is an issue for a lot of families nowadays. Uh, and, And, you know, I talk to families quite often about the challenges that they face and mental health of their children is a big, big issue. Now, there are many people out there, uh, and myself included, I'll include myself in this, is that um, the the use, the untamed use of social media, in my opinion, is, I think, partially to blame for the rise in mental health issues, um, particularly among young people and very strong when it comes to young girls. I mean, they are so impacted by this, and it is a it, it is a real challenge. The professor said this. He said, we've dealt with a lot of society, one disaster after another, COVID, economic downturns, wars, mass shootings, even efforts to forestall bad things could contribute. He wonders what school lockdown drills do to mental health. I mean, think about that. Um, and I know students, and I even with my own grandchildren, they will have you know, uh, exercises, drills in their schools occasionally on, you know, and they won't tell them what it is. But, you know, kids see it now on television all the time. They're going through it at their schools, drills to protect them. But it's got to cause stress among these kids. And that's what I worry about as well. Are we in, in, in trying to protect the children and maybe sometimes overly protecting children? Are we, in fact, creating stress for children? When, in fact, if we weren't so overly concerned about their safety sometimes, they'd be relaxed. Now, I, now this really dates me, okay? the only, Well, we always used to do fire drills. Fire drills are fire drills, right? You always used to do them in school. But when I was growing up as a kid, we'd have nuclear bomb drills. I mean, you know, they'd get us all in the halls. We'd kneel down, face the wall, and cover our eyes, as if that would make any difference if they dropped a nuclear bomb there. It never really bothered us back then. I don't think it has. I mean, you know, it, it, it doesn't have a lasting effect on me. But the drills kids go through nowadays, and they, they, you know, parents do as much as they can to protect their children against hearing about mass shootings in a school. 
but the kids are going to talk about it. They are, we, you know, one student may find out about it, goes to school and shares all of this with the other students, and that stresses kids out. So I think mental health is a real issue for families. And how are you doing dealing with it as a family? 888-5708010, 888-5708010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. on Utah Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, great hour coming up in the uh, third hour of the show tonight. Utah Senator Mike Lee will join us. A lot going on up on Capitol Hill today in Washington. Mike will join us. Tell us all about that. Brian Kilmeade, who I know a lot of you know. He, of course, he's the uh, co-host of Fox and Friends that you see every morning on the uh, Fox News Channel. He's also a very good author. He's got a, a best-selling author, as a matter of fact. He's got a new story out, a uh, new book out about uh, Teddy Roosevelt and Booker T. Washington. Fascinating book, and Brian will join us in the 6 o'clock hour to talk about that. And speaking of Brian, Brian King, who is a member of the state legislature, announcing yesterday that he has decided to get into the uh, race for governor. Uh, and he'll join us and talk about, you know, why he's decided to get into that race and what are the issues that he would like to talk to uh, Utah voters about. So that's coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. And also, before we wrap things up tonight, I want to mention again, we are going to give you a chance to win two tickets to the Highway Desperado Tour with Jason Aldean. It will be, uh, it's coming to Utah on Saturday, September 7th at the USANA Amphitheater next summer, the end of next summer. And we'll have two tickets for you to uh, possibly win. Here's how you win. Coming out of one one of our commercial breaks tonight, before we wrap things up, you'll hear a Jason Aldean song. And when you do so, you'll want to be the fifth caller at 888-5708010, and you'll have a chance to win those tickets. Like I said, that's coming up before we wrap up the show tonight. So we've got about another hour and ten minutes. I'll give you an idea. Sometime it's going to happen in that time. Uh, if you're just joining us now, a few more thoughts on uh, families in America today. The uh, survey, which was done by the American Enterprise Institute, on the American Family Survey, showed some interesting things out there. Um, the stress on families, you know, um, growing up, we did, you know, we we had to be careful with uh, raising our children. We didn't have a ton of money, still don't have a ton of money, but you know, we. My wife is a great budgeteer, uh, was able to move money around all the time, so we could give our three sons a marvelous experience growing up. Um, maybe it may have been a little bit easier back then, um, and maybe we don't have the stresses that families have today. And that's why this survey, and that's why we're getting your calls tonight on this, 888-5708010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, the stress is put on families today. There are families out there, and I know several families, and I read about families. You know, you have, uh, you know, two-income families uh, to try and help alleviate some of that pressure. You have uh, maybe, you know, a member of the family, maybe the father of the family has a full-time job, but he has a skill that he uses on the side to bring in more money. Uh, Moms may do that. There may be some moms who, you know, have a skill that they use. It could be in a number of areas that they use to bring in a, uh, a little extra income. Uh, families that have children, I love children, but children, let's be honest, are expensive. 
and uh, families are out there trying to do whatever they can to um, raise their children and support them children. So the stresses out there are really, really deep. But I think a stress that I hear about more and more often from families is the, the mental health of their children. Where that is coming from, I'm not sure, because, you know, I, I, well, I think I have a pretty good idea, and I think many of you do as well, but I do think a lot of it comes from social media. Uh, and I, I know here in this state, I know nationally, um, you know, there are attempts to try and control it as best they possibly can. I don't know if you can control it. I think it comes down, first and foremost, to moms and dads sitting down with their children. You know, uh, there are uh, safeguards that many of these companies have if mom and dads know how to use them. There, you know, the pressure on moms and dads to uh, from their children to get them a you know a cell phone. Uh, you know, and you know, parents have to decide when they think the appropriate age is for their child to have a cell phone. I, I noticed uh, we, we may talk about this on the show tomorrow with Greg. You have more and more schools now that are banning cell phones completely from the campus. And in one story that I saw the other day. The kids are actually very happy in the fact that they don't have to worry about checking their cell phone for about six to seven hours a day because they are not allowed on All right, when we come back, Utah Center Mike Lee will join us talking about a number of things going on in the world today. That's coming up, hour number three, as we broadcast live from Bedrock Quartz here in West Jordan. Final hour of the Ron Arquette with you on this uh, Tuesday and Utah Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Um, still a lot to come this hour here in just a minute. We'll uh, talk with uh, Utah Senator Mike Lee later on this hour. We'll talk with Brian Kilmeade. Many of you know who Brian is. He is the uh, co-host of Fox and Friends on the Fox News Channel every morning. He does a fantastic job. He'll be joining us about his new book, best-selling book on the New York Times bestseller list right now. Very popular book. An excellent book. The reviews on this book have been pretty amazing. It tells the story of Booker T. Washington and Teddy Roosevelt. And what they, you know, this these men who come from completely different backgrounds and how they came together to discuss an issue that was very important in that day and still important this today, and that is race in America today. And Brian will tell us all about that. Another Brian, Brian King, Democratic lawmaker, state lawmaker, announcing yesterday he's going to run for the uh, governor's office, and he'll be joining us as well. Now, a lot of big stories coming out of Washington today, but one of them has to deal with Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville. Uh, Senator Tuberville, for several weeks now, has been withholding promotions, military promotions, because of concerns that um, the policy within the military is allowing members of the military to get taxpayer-funded abortions. And Senator Tuberville has been very opposed to that, has been withholding many of those promotions, but he announced today that he has now worked out an agreement and some of those promotions will go forth. 
one of the lawmakers backing Senator Tuberville during this time was Utah Senator Mike Lee. We had a chance to talk with Senator Lee a short time ago on the phone about the announcement by Senator Tuberville and asked for his reaction to it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. Look, uh, Senator Tuberville has fought a heroic fight, one that has stood up to Secretary Lloyd Austin at the Department of Defense, who has done everything in his power to try to circumvent a restriction that the overwhelming majority of Americans support. You know, Americans have different views on abortion across the country and even within our own state, but they tend to be united overwhelmingly, like 75% or so agree that the government shouldn't be funding abortion. Well, the Department of Defense has its own set of restrictions. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Specifically dealing with DOD funds being used for abortion. The Department of Defense has tried to circumvent that through this policy that will pay for um, military uh, personnel to travel interstate when necessary to get an abortion. They'll pay the interstate travel. They'll give the person three weeks of paid leave time. Uh, they'll they'll pay for everything but the abortion. They're effectively funding abortion by facilitating it. He's been standing up by uh, requiring the Department of Defense to slow walk, uh, to, to go through the slower, longer method for getting uh, certain nominees confirmed. Uh, he's now lifting most of those holds uh, because, regrettably, en- enough members of the Senate were ready to change the Senate rules in order to force his hand. And so I, th- I think he's doing the right thing by lifting most of his holds so that we don't get stuck with that measure. Uh, By taking this step today, uh, he preserves the Senate's uh, ability and the ability of individual senators to push back against overreach like this in the future. I I recall, Mike, you and I had a conversation several weeks ago in which you said this is really not blockade. There was a way to work around this, but the Democrats wanted to zero in and be very critical of Senator Tuberville. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Look, they they could have... gotten this done a number of different ways. It's always been the case that President Biden and Secretary Austin could have uh, immediately fixed the problem by pushing pause on their abortion travel policy. They didn't do that. They wouldn't do that. But even without that happening, there was another way of doing it, entirely in the control of of, uh, Chuck Schumer, the Democratic Senate Majority Leader. Um, Tuberville, neither Tuberville nor any other senator had the ability to stop these people from being confirmed, he was just saying, "Look, if, if you're going to if you're going to flout uh, a duly enacted law passed by Congress, um, I'm going to make you take the uh, the slow route instead of the fast route, and any one senator can require that." And uh, but Chuck Schumer refused in most instances even to take the the longer route toward getting someone confirmed. And so, I, what I concluded and still believe 
is that Chuck Schumer likes the talking point more than he really wanted to get these people confirmed. Mike, it sounds like Republicans in the Senate have drawn a, a very deep line in the sand over border security and no new spending for Ukraine right now. How united are Republicans in this effort right now, Mike? Well, there's a lot of unity among Republicans uh, on this issue uh, in, in the sense that, you know, today Speaker Johnson made clear that the House is not going to pass uh, a, a bill funding Ukraine unless at a minimum Congress enacts transformative change to our nation's border security laws. Nearly two years have passed without a clear justification from the Biden administration for its Ukraine policy, without any clear strategy for where it's going, how long it's going to last, how many more tens or even hundreds of billions of dollars the United States is going to be asked to provide. Uh, Meanwhile, our open border is one of the biggest threats to our national security, and Senate Republicans should not consent to sending any more taxpayer dollars to secure other countries' borders, especially uh, unless or until such time as we secure our own. And securing our border, you know, effectively requires not just enhanced border funding, but also changes to our asylum laws, including the re-implementation of the safe third country requirement. Uh, We need, uh, in essence, H.R. 2, the bill passed by the House of Representatives earlier this year on border security, plus benchmarks that would tie any of this funding in that same bill uh, toward the accomplishment of certain border security metrics that would be objectively measurable. All of these requests should be able to stand on their own, or not be considered at all. They shouldn't all be lumped together. But if they're going to do that, they're going to have to face the music. It's important to remember, moreover, that this uh, of the sixty-one and a half or so billion dollars that they're wanting to send to Ukraine right now, about a third of that actually goes toward backing up their civil government operations. Yeah. About twelve billion yeah. to, uh, to to Ukrainian civil servant salaries and another eight or so billion toward backing up their pension programs. This is just funding the Ukrainian government. Uh, and keep in mind, Rod, we've already given $113 billion to Ukraine for this war effort more than any other country. I believe still more than every other country combined. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. Enough is enough. I would agree with you on that one, Mike. Do you, do you get a sense that the Republicans in the Senate remain united on their support for Israel at this point, Mike? Yes, I think uh, if if we brought up the Israel-only bill, the bill that funds just the military aid to Israel, you'd get um, either 99 or 100 senators voting for it today. We tried to bring it up on the Senate floor a couple of weeks ago. The Democrats uh, took it down on a strict party-line vote, 51 to 49. They voted to table it. Uh, that was unfortunate uh, because... Um, This is an Israel aid package that would materially enhance U.S. security, and it would do so without cost to the taxpayer because the funding was offset. There's no reason for the Democrats to block it. No legitimate reason I can think of other than that they want to use it as leverage to try to get $61.5 billion more for Ukraine. Mike, before I let you go, let's talk about one of our favorite organizations, the United Nations. You introduced a bill today about the United Nations and to defund the U.N. What is this all about? Look, the United Nations receives about $20 billion of U.S. taxpayer funds every single year. This is an entity that has become increasingly hostile toward American values, American law, American allies. It's even become a hotbed, a seething hotbed for anti-Semitic rhetoric. It's UN entities that have 
uh, funded uh, folks in Gaza and indirectly supported and propped up Hamas. Uh, it is UN-run and UN-funded schools that have taught Palestinian children, both in Gaza and in the West Bank areas, uh, to hate Jewish people. It, openly, they are openly instructing them on anti-Semitic talking points and that Jewish people should be killed, that they should run over them with cars and stab them with knives. Uh, actual quotes from actual videos taken inside these UN-funded, UN-operated schools uh, in front of their teachers. These are things being taught to them at those schools. The United Nations perhaps once served some valid purposes. I wasn't around then. That was long before I was born. What I do know is that whatever value we once gleaned from it is no longer worth the expense, and it's certainly not worth the indignity of having to be branded with those hateful comments that frequently come out of U.N. entities. On our Newsmaker line, that is Utah Senator Mike Lee, a conversation we had with Senator Lee a short time ago talking about a number of issues that are facing the country right now. Now, when we come back, we're going to be talking with the author of a brand-new book. It's called Teddy and Booker T., How Two American Icons Blazed the Path for Racial Equality. Very interesting book. The author, Brian Kilmeade, many of you may know from Fox News. He'll be joining us to talk about his brand new book coming up right here on the Radar Catch Show. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show here on uh, this Tuesday, broadcasting live from Bedrock Quartz here in West Jordan. Want to check out what they can offer you when it comes to countertops, granite quartz, they can do it all. Check it out at bedrockquartz.com. Um, I'm really excited to talk to my next guest. He's got a brand new book out already on the New York Times bestseller list. The name of the book is Teddy and Booker T, How Two American Icons Blazed the Path for racial equality. Of course, we're talking about Teddy Roosevelt and Booker T. Washington. And the author is Fox News host Brian Kilmaid, who's joining us right now on our Any Hour Newsmaker line. Brian, great to have you on the show. You know, you look at this book, you look at these two individuals, certainly icons in American history. What was so appealing about this story that you wanted to write a book about it, Brian? I, did, I just want to tell uh, great American stories, two fantastic Americans, how they got along, came together at the right time. To help the country and also i think we need a perspective on race you know there's people out there who are in the perspective uh under the perception that you know if you uh if you're patriotic that means you avoid the fact that there was jim crow south there were that there was slavery before or you downplay it as if slavery wasn't that bad it was an abomination jim crow was absolutely awful but who's the one who moved us through it and, and why did we end up there in that way so guys like booker t washington and frederick Douglass and abraham lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt, just to fourth stand out with me. So the last one was uh, the president of Freedom Fighter, Roosevelt and Frederick, du- excuse me, Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. And Frederick Douglass really was a role model for Booker T. Washington. And for Teddy Roosevelt, his link was at six years old when the body of Abraham Lincoln was coming down Broadway in Manhattan. His grandfather said, you know, you guys come in here. You need to see this. And we found the exact apartment building that teddy roosevelt at six seven years old was looking out of as the body of abraham lincoln came by and he worshiped lincoln that was his 
role model too. And I thought, let's just pick up where they left off. And then I, I went to the family, Roosevelt family. And I said, look, I see Roosevelt all over the story of Booker T. Washington. Am I, am I jumping to conclusions? Am I willing this to happen? He said, no. Not many people know about it. Everyone knows about the controversial dinner, but they don't know how long their alliance was and how much they respected each other. And in those times, pretty extraordinary, especially someone born in the North, like uh, Teddy Roosevelt, mm -hmm. who knew we had to get this country together. And I just thought if I tell that story from this perspective, get opinion out of it, people understand how far we've come and how hard people work to make it happen. Brian, you actually read Booker T's biography, I believe. What insight did that give you into the man himself? Everything. And then he had the updates on his own book and his own story, and he told it finally again, and Teddy Roosevelt wrote the forward to the book. And it just, just so when you're a slave and you remember being called to the main house to be told by a Union soldier you're free, and he thinks he read the Emancipation Proclamation, but the nine-year-old Booker T. Washington didn't know how to read or write, so he doesn't really know what the guy was reading, but he assumes it. And then you realize, he says, I never had any shoes. I always slept on the dirt floor, had one meal a day if I was lucky. And it was always the same meal. Only saw my mother a short period of time because she worked literally all day as a slave woman, never knew my dad or my birthday. And this man ends up being one of the most respected men of his generation, known around the world, whose curriculum uh, changed so many lives. I, you got me interested. You know, I just, I would. And then you and and by the way, only lived till sixty. You would think he lived till ninety-five. He got it all done at sixty. And you know, he every time he made money, every time Rockefeller or Andrew Carnegie wanted to give him money, he's like, Yeah, it's gonna go right to the school. So they said, Well, you at least promise me you'll take a vacation. That's how worried <laughs> people were, how hard he worked. They were two I different men, were, weren't they? Weren't they, Brian? I mean, these were really two different men. Yeah, but they all—they both had tremendous drive and respect for other people. And the other thing is, you've got—you're really hard pressed to see Teddy Roosevelt hate anybody. You—you know—you have people that have rivals. And he wants to win and things like that. But same thing with uh, Booker T. Washington—he doesn't hate anybody. Doesn't resent anybody. He—you know—he's—he's like—I'll never hate anyone because they have a prejudged idea of the color of my skin and what I can do. It's like give too much, give people too much energy. Says, you know, if, if the Johnsons don't like me and the Joneses do, I hang out with the Joneses and I hope I, the Johnsons, seeing how we get along, will change their judgment of me. And if not, it's okay. I'll move on. And I thought, wow, I mean, what a great perspective on life. And you can't say, well, what great parents? Really? What great parents? This guy just went out and, and made things happen through great role models and people that, you know, offered him advice. But he's truly a self made man with a lot of mentors. Brian, you, um, you, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation, of course, by Lincoln during the Civil War in the 1860s, but still in the late 1800s and early 1900s, the, comp the country was still wrestling with race. And did Booker T. and Teddy Roosevelt recognize this and try and do something about it? Thank you for that question. I mean, that's exactly it. They didn't solve it, but they, they tried to move it forward. By, you know, when, when Tay Roosevelt goes, they met it when he was vice president. Then McKinley gets shot. He eventually dies, and he becomes president. And he said, when you get to town, I, you know, I still want to meet with you. I, I, want, I want your advice on appointments. And he said, absolutely. So when he heard Booker T. Washington was in town, he invited him over. And they had dinner. And it was a big uproar. And, and the America wasn't, certain parts of America weren't ready for that. He said, okay, let's, let's, let's not be provocative. We're going to meet. We're going to we'll work together. But 
let's move the country as far as it can go. Let's do what's possible, not what's ideal. So he did what's possible. So they, they, you know, they would meet at 11 or 4 o'clock or late at night. They wouldn't necessarily, if you had dinner back then, it's sad to say that if you were a black man having dinner with a white president's family, it was never been done before. And people in the South got nervous. And next thing you know, people are going to be equal and slaves are going to want excuse me, uh, African-Americans who want to, uh, you know, the same pay and they're going to think they're equal to us and all those horrible thoughts that people grew up with, sadly, but they eventually all changed. And he said, okay, we can only do what we can do. And I'll give you the best example. It was written twice. I always thought it was anecdotal and maybe it was an allegory, but it was in, you know, it was in Booker T. Washington's own words. He said he's waiting for a train and a, kid, a guy walks up to him, a white guy, and says, you're Booker T. Washington? He says, yes. He said, well, you're one of America's, you, you're the finest man in America, or one of the finest. He goes, no, goes, sir, thank you very much. But the finest man in America is Teddy Roosevelt. And he said, well, I used to think so until he had you over for dinner. <laughs> now think about how deep that is. He yeah. had no idea he was insulting him. He told Teddy Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, that story. And they both laughed. And he said, I realized at that time, I have to, and this is a quote from Booker T. Washington, I have to let sleeping dogs lie. I can't do anything about it. You know, I, but I don't hate him, but that's the way he was brought up. He, you know, he thought for sure everyone agreed that blacks were not good as whites. And we all know that's wrong. And Teddy Roosevelt knew that was wrong. He said some things that were showed he was out of touch too. showed he had some blind spots, as the family would say. He was a man of his time. But for the most part, he wanted to get this country forward. And he looked at Booker T. Washington as an extraordinary credit to his race, the human race, he would say. Not his race. He said his race, but just let's get this straight. This is an unbelievable human being. And, and that's unbelievable at the time, considering the perception that was happening in the, la in the area in which he lived. And that was in Alabama. And Teddy Roosevelt's mom was from the South. And her two brothers, his uncles, fought for the Confederacy and were kicked out of the country. So, you know, in his, and when they were sitting around the dinner table, you heard some things that probably held the Confederacy was better and they had the right way. And still he was able to be a great president who realized that that was then and this is now and that meaning now was the turn of the 20th century it's getting rave reviews the uh title of the book is called teddy and booker t how two american icons blazed a path for racial equality it will make a uh, wonderful uh gift for the uh historian in your family uh written by brian kilmeade Great to talk with Brian. Always a great guy. He writes some really interesting historical books. All right, more coming up on the Rod Arquencho. We want to congratulate, first of all, Taylor Stringham of Orem. He heard the um, Jason L. Dean music and was the fifth caller to uh, pick up a pair of tickets to his concert next September out at USANA. We'll have more chances for you to win throughout this week, so keep on listening. More coming up right here on the Rod Arquencho and our live broadcast from Bedrock Quartz here in West Jordan. Catch Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Final half hour of the Rod Catch Show with you on this Tuesday as we continue with our live broadcast from Bedrock Courts. We'll talk more with Scott here in just a minute, but this is something that uh, had been rumored for a couple of weeks, and it actually happened yesterday. Democratic lawmaker Brian King announcing that he will run for the Democratic nomination for governor and challenge 
Governor Spencer Cox. And Brian is joining us on our Any Hour Newsmaker line right now. Brian, how are you? Welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. Quite a decision to make, Brian. Well, thank you for having me first, Rod. I appreciate you having me. And I always enjoy being on the show. It, it was a big decision to make, but I'm throwing my hat and going to give it a shot. You've been thinking about this for a while. What Was there a point where you said, let's do it, let's go for it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, probably uh, in October, we, my wife and I and family decided we got together and we decided that we were going to do it. And, uh, but, but part of the reason is I, I love serving. I've served now for 15 sessions in the House of Representatives representing my House district. I've loved it. I've been the minority leader during that time for uh, more than half the period, eight years. And <laughs> it's gotten more and more frustrating to me, Rod, that we have seen over and over again problems from my perspective with one-party control of both the legislative and the executive branch and I just think that there are so many ways in which what we do at the legislature and what the governor has been signing into laws into law are have not been consistent with what uh, the people of the state of Utah tell me and tell us in polling and um, letters to the editor that they want to see and, you know, I've got several positions on that, but most of them deal with government overreach, quite honestly, with uh, one-party control saying, hey, look, Utah, we know better than you do about all sorts of things, about abortion, about Medicaid expansion, about education spending, about redistricting, anti-gerrymandering issues. You say you don't want to have your redistricting uh, congressional seats gerrymandered. We don't care. We're going to gerrymander them like crazy. Medical cannabis is another one. And I, re I just reached a point where I thought we'd do so much better. It would be so much for the better for the state of Utah if we had a, a counterbalance to this supermajority control, the, 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 the overwhelming one-party control that we have in the legislature right now. Brian, is uh, one or two issues that stand out more than all those that you just mentioned that really said, this is where I think Utahns want something done, but Utah lawmakers won't do it. Well, I think the most obvious thing from my perspective is the abortion rights stuff. You know, in 2020, we passed a trigger ban in anticipation of the Supreme Court possibly overruling Roe v. Wade. That came to pass. The, the Dobbs decision came to pass in 2022. And then last session, we passed even more restrictive abortion legislation. I just think that, you know, look, I mean, I'm talking to an audience on this radio show right now, and to you, Rod that has always treasured and valued and fought for freedom and liberty. And, mm -hmm. and that's important about the most personal private decisions we can have in our lives, we can make in our lives. We allow the state of Utah, 104 legislators and a governor signing off on it to dictate the most uh, personal decisions that families make. I thought we were a family-friendly state, but let me tell you something. We have always traditionally and this has been a core function of conservatives, too, have always treasured the ability of families to, amongst themselves, make decisions about these kinds of really important, critically private and personal and difficult decisions without government interference. And we tossed that to the side, and we said, no, no, no. We 404 legislators and the governor, we know better than, than anybody else in Utah what you and your family rooms, in your bedrooms, in your doctor's offices, are going to be able to do with reproductive freedom. And it's just wrong, Rod. I mean, it's just, I, I, I'm so irritated by this. And, and I come at it, I admit, from a personal perspective, I have some personal experience with this. 
that's all I'm going to say about it because it's really not my story to tell beyond that. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, the, the idea that this doesn't impact families in these most difficult personal private decisions, it, it does very, very often. And we need to make sure that the legislature and the governor are reined in. How much of an issue will you make of this during the campaign, Brian? Because there are many other issues out there as well. You know, a lot of people on a national level say this is an issue that Democrats can win on, abortion. How much of an issue do you make that in the race for governor? Well, I mean, there are a lot of issues. And I don't want to, it's not the only issue. To me, it's very important. I think it's the most timely issue. I think the legislature needs to be sent a message and Governor Cox needs to be sent a message that's clear and unequivocal in saying, you can't, you shouldn't do this. At the same time, we can walk and chew gum and so uh, together, and so we're going to be talking about economic issues, affordable housing issues for folks whose children and grandchildren can't get into a starter home. I mean, that is really frustrating to me, and I think that we can do a better job, and we have to do a better job addressing that. We have to do a better job addressing such things as this huge uh, wage gap that we have based on gender. I mean, we're 50th in the country in terms of talking about what women make compared to what men make for comparable jobs and comparable work. I want to see that change. I think we can address that. And finally, look, if we don't have the Great Salt Lake made healthy, none of us are going to want to live along the Wasatch Front, period, <laughs> full stop. we we, we got to fix that. we got to do everything we can to get more water into the Great Salt Lake. Uh, and we it's not enough to cross our fingers and hope that we have enough water coming out of the sky every winter to keep that thing healthy because everybody with the best evidence that we have and the best research that we have tells us that's not enough to make sure that that lake stays healthy. Brian, if in fact you get the Democratic nomination and if in fact you beat Spencer Cox next fall to become the governor, will you be able to work with a Republican-controlled legislature? Because I don't foresee I love that, that changing anytime soon. No, I, I love that question, Rod, it's a, and it's a great question. Here's how I would do things differently than our current governor. And look, Governor Cox is a friend. I think highly of him in many respects. We could do a lot worse than to have him as the governor, but we could do so much better. And here's how. One of the things that I would do differently, when I had a disagreement with the legislature and the legislature sent me a bad bill, I would not hesitate to veto that bill, even if I knew the votes existed in the legislature for them to override my veto. And then, once I vetoed the bill and it was overridden, if it was overridden, I'd go to the people of the state of Utah in a much more proactive way than we've ever seen Spencer Cox do and explain to them why my position as to the veto of the bill was a better policy for them, was better, had a better impact on their day-to-day lives than what the legislature was trying to do. And then I'd leave it up to the people of the state of Utah to make a decision about who's right and who's wrong on this particular policy. I, I think and I hope my judgment about what bills should be vetoed are going to be things that Utahns agree with me on. And you know what? If they don't, that's going to be something they'll have to bear a a cost uh, for at a ballot box perhaps one day. But I think, for example, on reproductive rights, it's much more likely than not that Utahns say, look at me as the governor and say, we're with you. We're not with the legislature that wants to take away our basic rights and freedoms and liberties. Brian, as always, great having you on the show. Good luck with the campaign. I know we'll be talking more down the road. Uh, if we don't talk before, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you. Thank you, Rod. Thank All you, right. Rod. Take care. Happy holidays to you, too. Merry All Christmas, right. and we'll talk to you soon.
All right, that is State Representative Brian King, who announced that he is going to challenge Governor Spencer Cox in the race for governor next November. All right, more coming up. Final thoughts here on the Rudd Arkansas. Final minute. Editor two of the Ron Arquette with you here on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. I saw this story today and uh, I loved it. Um, <laughs> more Americans over the age of 50 are using cannabis now than before COVID-19. That's according to a new poll conducted by researchers from the University of Michigan among a sample of over 2,000 older adults age 50 to 80, 12% say they have consumed a product containing THC within the past year, 4% reported doing so multiple times a week. You call it high society? Apparently, that's what it is. And I know you get tired of me talking about this, but a study out today, survey out today, shows that Utah is the second best place to play pickleball in the entire country. Arizona ranked number one, Hawaii number three. The findings considered factors like state interest, the availability of outdoor and indoor courts and temperature fluctuations. But Utah, according to this study, the second best place for pickleball in the U.S. At the bottom was Louisiana. Sorry, folks, in Louisiana, guess you're interested in pickleball. All right, that does it for us tonight. Head up, shoulders back. May God bless you and your family and this great country of ours. Thanks for joining us tonight here at Bedrock Courts. Wingman Wednesday. It all starts tomorrow at 4. Talk to you then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.